In today's episode, we discuss the great race for NFL coaching, where oh where will Aaron Rodgers end up, and Tom Brady announces his retirement, but will he? This and much, much more, it's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda, the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, Tom drops the bomb and tells the football world he's gone, and Sean Payton hits mile-high Pater. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to Sideline the Agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda sideline the agenda time to get off the sideline and into the game all right welcome so much welcome thank you so much rather everybody for joining us here at sideline the agenda welcome everybody my name is scott with me is kevin and chris gentlemen how are we today doing good feeling good good all right i mean excited good excited to be here I mean, not beautiful day. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, actually, we're all we're all just pretty, pretty distraught, you know, getting getting the terrible news this week of of old Tom Brady. He's he's going to move on, isn't he? He's uh, getting on his uh, white steed and uh, opting to gallop off into the sunset. Isn't that right? Uh, (laughs) But of course, we will talk about that for sure. I don't know, guys. I'm actually feeling pretty good. I got my uh, Hogwarts Legacy on pre-order. <laughs> Hogwarts <laughs> Legacy. So it's a big controversy, actually, because all the uh, all the the trans people and the LGBTQ plus XYZ people are all the butthurt. alphabet if anyone, mafia. If anyone actually wants to play this game, yeah. because uh, you know J.K. Rowling, even though she's a liberal, she's she's been supportive of right. women and and feminism and and actual real women. Yeah, she believes if you have uh, a vagina has it, that yeah, you're a woman. Has embraced <laughs> the whole she? trans movement. So they're all up in arms and and telling everyone to boycott it. So naturally, everyone that doesn't go along with them is like, oh well, I'm gonna get the game and I'm gonna play. <laughs> so everyone's <laughs> like, oh, it's gonna be a monster record breaking game now. <laughs> as their as their way to uh, show support. <laughs> And, yeah, and you got all these. You got all these people saying like, "Oh, I decided to drop my pre-order of my Hogwarts game, and then I decided to upgrade it to the deluxe version just to spite these people." <laughs> but oh that game God. drops. I think it comes out like next week. It's it's coming out really soon. Only like four more days or something like that. So, Hadabra, Kadabra, take that, uh, <laughs> Alphabet Mafia. <laughs> Hedavra, <laughs> Kadavra. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't remember how to say that. Caruccio. <laughs> vote with your dollars. Vote, you vote your with your dollars. Matters. That's right. That's right. Uh, speaking of dollars and, and how to spend your money, did did you guys check uh, Chad Ocho Cinco on uh, old uh, Grandma Nana Shay Shay's uh, podcast? <laughs> Was, I love this nickname. It's got a stick. <laughs> Nana Shay. Nana. Everyone call him Unk, Uncle Shay. It's Nana Shay. No, it's Nana Shay. That, we we all saw that one. sweater. He, he crocheted right. that sweater at that Laker game that he, he was uh, trying to throw smoke at. That was a crocheted, oh, Nana. blind Nana crocheted sweater <laughs> that he was sporting. <laughs> Nana Shay Shay getting it real. 
Nana Dull. <laughs> anyway, though, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Ocho Cinco uh, on Unc uh, uh, uh podcast, um, he actually had some, uh, I thought, uh, you know, he, he had some uh, wise words in regards to spending money or, or, or how not to spend money. Want to make enough money I can fly private? private? Yeah. I ain't flying private. I'm spirit. Put me on spirit. Exit row. Window seat. That's all I need. Long as I get from point A to point B, I don't need private. Athletes more so. If you can get to a point in your career where your name becomes bigger than anything you can purchase, there's your value. Wow. My name itself, Ocho Cinco at one point, even still to this day, is bigger than, why am I driving a Ferrari? Why am I driving a Rolls Royce and I'm Ocho? Oh, we talk about jewelry and watches and chains. Never bought real anything when I was playing. Never, what was the point? I went to Claire's. So all, so went, all you yeah, do? You, yes, for what? What am I doing it for? The women don't deal with you anyway because of who you are. Right. And then the other women who are really doing their homework don't Google how much you're making already. Right. Why am I buying a $50,000 watch, $80,000 watch? What time is it real quick, please? It's uh, 20 minutes to four. How much that cost me? It didn't cost you nothing. Because time is free. So yeah. what I'm paying for, for? Right. For what? I'm Ocho. What's the point? Right. There's nothing I can buy that's bigger than my name alone. Yeah, so, so no <laughs> I thought it was funny on that yeah. clip. Yeah, he's he's asking uh, Sharp, Shannon Sharp, for the time, and he's like, kind of looking down his watch, you know, lifting his sleeve back to only reveal probably a fifty thousand dollars watch. <laughs> it's like, you know, what what are you paying for that? But time is free, you know. Uh, uh, it's I don't know. I think he's got a point when it comes to spending money. I mean, I don't know about flying Spirit, but you know, I, I get his point where it's like, why spend the money when it's just uh, it's just a taxi cab yeah, ride, right? Yes. Especially if you already got your personal brand that that's out there, and and that's really what is valuable. It's it's your brand. It's who you are. It's what you stand for, and all these other things. You know that that they're fleeting. They they come. They go. There's just little status symbols that don't really matter. And uh, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a much larger lesson in there because you know we all got to leave someday. What are you actually leaving behind? Are you leaving a, a watch? Or are you leaving a name and a legacy? So yeah, good good for I him. I can't imagine spending fifty thousand dollars for a watch. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, having a good quality watch, I suppose. I mean, I'm not a watch guy personally, so I, I mean, I don't even know that I really own one. But uh, like even a thousand dollars, like just just yeah, I, I don't, I cannot relate to that. I cannot relate to that kind of a purchase. You know, I mean. I don't know, maybe, you know, get a nice watch for like a hundred bucks or something. But uh, beyond that, geez. I, I like, does it relate. let you control time? If it doesn't yeah, let you exactly. control time, it's not worth it. I want one of them Dick Tracy uh, mugs. <laughs> Ones that I could talk to. Oh, you could do that now. <laughs> get an <laughs> iWatch. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I suppose that's true. You know, I'd probably go for an Apple Watch, you know. Yeah. But I don't even There's own one. a couple hundred bucks there. Yeah. Kevin, you own an Apple Watch, yeah? I love it. Yeah? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's so many. I mean, I don't understand why anyone would buy, buy just a regular traditional watch anymore, especially when you can get an Apple Watch, which does so many different things all at once. Uh, oh. But I get it, guys. I mean, if you're making multi, multi-million dollars, yeah, I mean, maybe get yourself a nice watch. $1,000 to you is probably like $100 to us. But what's the um, purpose? <laughs> just to say yeah, that you got a $1,000 really. watch. <laughs> yeah, just have your dress up watch. I mean, but these Some guys jewelry. go way overboard and they do all the fifty thousand crap. I I don't get that. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. But in property, man, I'd, I'd be buying that fake drip. That's what I would do <laughs> for sure. You know it, man. 
Because I mean, yeah, Claire's what, is for what like are you doing? Who, who's walking around with that one? You know, the the one eye ocular thing that you know you can like uh, <laughs> monocle. The monocle thing that you can uh, actually you know to d- 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 distinguish the, the the quality of the stone. Nobody, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, what true. what is perceived is more important than what is real. And that's and, true. You know, if everybody perceives that your drip is real, then guess what? But then it's you're real. also opening yeah. it up for like somebody just jacking your ass for your yeah. for your ish. Well, it could be like that other genius that had that was it like a two million dollar rock drilled into his forehead. Oh yeah, <laughs> looking like so that uh, Marvel character uh, Vision. Vision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just it's, uh, I I don't understand it. You know, it's their money. Do what you want with it, but <laughs> not for me. Yeah, sur- surgically implanted. Too. Yeah, that's right. What did it do? Fall out of his forehead. <laughs> Oh, fell out. <laughs> wow. Like, I mean, yeah, you just dropped idiot. $2 million off your head. I got an open wound on my forehead. I'm looking for my, <laughs> my, my diamond. Those, those are the dudes that get head hunted, like for real. And, oh, and literally. Like, literally, yeah. head literally. literally head cut off, decapitated. His head was yeah, no, decapitated. They'll, they'll, they'll follow your posts and they'll try to see where you're going. That, that's a lot of money. That's it's a bank robbery. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. for it to dangle on your forehead. <laughs> That's how you get ahead in life. <laughs> anyway, well, we digress. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here at Sideline the Agenda. Um, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff here today. Uh, like I had mentioned, uh, uh, we're going to uh, discuss uh, some quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, we don't quite know where he's heading. Uh, of course, uh, Tom Brady announcing his retirement. And, of course, uh, it seems to be like the uh, the uh, uh, land grab for uh, NFL coaching, and and we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. But first and foremost, we might as well kick it off with the goat, right? For the second time, one of the greatest careers in professional sports history has come to an end. Tom Brady has told the public that he was indeed going to call it quits. After his legendary 23-year career as an NFL quarterback, the six-time Super Bowl champion sent a message out on social media announcing that uh, Brady will be retiring from um, from the from the great sport of, of football. And uh, his his uh, message sounded something like this: "Good morning, guys. Good morning, I'll get to the guys. point right away." I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So uh, I won't be long-winded. Like you only get one super emotional retirement essay, and I used mine up last year. So uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all. Okay, guys. It's me, (laughs) Tom Brady. I found the windiest place on the earth (laughs) where I could make this morning announcement to you. Right at the bed of a airport with planes flying overhead for landing. <laughs> you guys have no idea what you've all meant to me. 
<laughs> he kind of had like his old like uh, best uh, Tom Cruise impersonation going on it towards the very end. You know, you guys don't know how much you've meant to me. Um, so uh, yeah, there it is. Uh, believe gone. it when I see it. It was my initial reaction. Uh, but first and foremost, I mean, what a wonderful career. Uh, a man that yeah. absolutely changed the game of football in, in good ways and bad. We can discuss that for sure. I mean, tuck roll, Brady rules, you know, yeah. those kind of things. But nonetheless, I mean, uh, Chris, would you want to cover the man's highlights a little bit, like uh, from a stat standpoint and throughout sure. his career? I mean, definitely been labeled the GOAT for a reason. And and I, I think yeah. we, can, we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think we'll we'll definitely get into that because uh, I think we've got maybe some different from the conventional narrative opinion on on that particular uh, thing. But just to go over some of his numbers because his numbers are, I mean, amazing. I uh, played for twenty three years, twenty with the Patriots, three with the, uh, uh, the Buccaneers, won seven Super Bowls, went to ten. I mean, that alone is just unparalleled. Wait, he won seven. He won seven, oh, man, six with the up. Patriots. I him six time, yeah, seven yeah, times. Se- so six, six with the Patriots, one with the Buccaneers. Went to ten total. Uh, threw for over one hundred thousand yards when you tally the regular season with the postseason. Uh, his regular season, eighty nine thousand yards. That's over nine thousand yards more than Drew Brees. So Drew Brees would have had to play like another two excellent years to match that. Uh, then you got Peyton Manning and Brett Favre. You know, Brett Favre is, is still up there. He played for a long time too. But Ben Roethlisberger to round out the top five. Uh, and then in the uh, postseason, he's got thirteen thousand yards. He threw four. That's more than uh, six thousand yards than anyone else. That's a full amazing season just in and of itself of a full season. Uh, you got Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning is at uh, seven thousand. Uh, then you got Rogers and and Favre and Roethlisberger. Basically, all the it's going to be all the same names for the most part. Uh, Eighty eight career playoff touchdowns just in the playoff. Uh, the next guy is Rogers with forty five. Joe Montana with forty five. He's got thirty five career playoff wins. Um, see the guys that beat him the most in the playoffs. You got the Manning brothers. Basically, Eli beat him twice. Uh, Peyton beat him, uh, looks like three times in the AFC championship, but no one has even come close to those seven Super Bowl wins. Uh, I think we've got a couple guys with four. Joe Montana was four and oh, um, old, uh, oh, what's his name? Old Baldy from, from the <laughs> Terry Fox Bradshaw. trying to get his money. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw, <laughs> old Baldy. Terry, old, old Bradshaw. he's got four as well. The, you know, there's a few quarterbacks that have have multiple, but no one's even close to seven, and and not to mention been gone to ten of them. Um, now he's got the most uh, the most wins are against uh, the Bills and the Dolphins. You know, teams in his in his division that he was in forever was in a bad division, but I mean, just the yards, the touchdowns. Uh, he's got he's first in basically every category out there. Um, so very, very impressive longevity being good for that long. He kind of started his career out, you could say kind of like a game manager and then became, you know, arguably the best quarterback in, in the league. And then, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time, you could say, uh, I mean, on a personal note, when I first, you know, started 
having to deal with Brady because <laughs> he was always on a team that I he was going against teams I was rooting for pretty much. You know, it was the the tuck rule with the Raiders. I thought that was completely bogus. Oh yeah. And one thing that I never liked about Brady is he kind of never really admitted that. Yeah, it was a fumble, man. Like, come on, be real. It was a fumble. Never admitted that. And then uh, they went on to beat the Rams. And uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that Scott and I are Rams fans. I was a Rams fan way back when they had, you know, Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce and Ricky Prohl and all those guys. And um, you're the greatest show on turf. And those damn Patriots beat them in the Super Bowl by a field goal, last second field goal. And it just seemed like it was so cheap, like it was robbed for the Rams because you got this guy that just kind of marched down the field a little bit and just got a little field goal at the end. He won a lot of Super Bowls like that, a little field goal at the end, little field goal at the end. Like he just could kind of just edge you out. And uh, it, it was frustrating because then you started having a lot of this other allegations come out of like Spygate, like, oh, they were recording the Rams plays walkthroughs and oh, they were recording teams, and then there was the whole deflate things. I mean, you can go on for years and years and years of you want to talk about calls going his way. He just always seemed, seemed to be kind of the benefactor or or on the good side of a lot of those Living situations. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you got to give him give the devil his due, I guess, for for being in that situation and, and being able to take advantage of them when they, the opportunities presented him. Uh, towards the end of his career, I, you know, I went from kind of hating him to kind of starting to respect him. I think it, the, the turning point for me was the Atlanta Super Bowl uh, when they were down 28-3 and he came all the way back and won it. I was like, okay, I hate this guy. I've hated him for so long. And after he pulled that off, I was like, ah, I just can't really argue it too much anymore that the, the man is still, you know, he's amazing. So at least I can respect him for it. Uh, cause I mean, you, you just don't continue to win like the way that he did, but you know, he's got some knocks on his resume as well. You know, you can mention the the two Manning losses in the Super Bowl when he was undefeated, uh, had an amazing team, a great defense, had Randy Moss an awesome with Wes Welker. I mean, amazing offense. Uh, you know, he did beat that Giants team earlier Then they go to the Super Bowl and he only, I think they only got 14 points. Uh, and then, uh, I, I mean, I can just go on and on. I don't want to take up too much time, but there was even the, a couple of his wins. I don't think were even that, re- uh, impressive. Like when they beat the Rams, like you had an all time worst Super Bowl performance by a quarterback ever with, with golf. Yeah, they, that, they scored three points. That game was miserable. Rams scored three points. The <laughs> uh, Patriots scored 13. Like, good job. You awful. guys won. Like, that was just horrible. Um, but I guess you could flip the coin and say, oh, well, he put up, you know, threw for 500 yards against the Eagles and lost that game. So, you know, it's just kind of that's how football is. And with football, you know, it's one and done. And for him to go to 10 Super Bowls, that's a lot of games that, that you got to win. And uh, to win seven of them is great. You know, he was in a bad division, so he only had to really win two games to get to the Super Bowl every year. So that was a huge advantage for him. But all is said and done, he's first in every category that the guy had an outstanding career. I mean, what more could really be said about him? Uh, he just was the guy that would never go away and always kind of found a way to be in it. And uh, I think this was the right decision. I mean, we'll see if he actually is going to stay retired. I think it's two things that is that is going to keep him retired. One, he's not getting other teams that are really going to want him because he saw the film. 
that he didn't really look that good this year. But I think there's probably still a couple teams that would go for him. So it, it, it may not solely be that. I think it's also the family thing that he's got going on. I think that was a huge distraction for him. Everything kind of fell apart with his world, and he probably wants to just walk away so he can try and fix his personal world. Got to make yeah, that money totally. that uh, for his F- FTX involvement. FTX losses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, for, for Brady, real quick, Kev. Sorry for Brady. What sums him up to me is 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 I'll I'll quote a song uh, made famous by uh, Roderick David Stewart, uh, aka Rod Stewart. Some guys have all the luck. Some guys have all the pain. Some guys get all the breaks. Some guys do nothing but complain. Oh 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 oh. oh. And he's definitely the guy who always gets the luck and, uh, and the, the breaks. breaks, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just everything. Like you said, the division he was in, I mean, people forget the, the bills were horrible. Like the right. dolphins right. sucked. Like, I mean, that division in, in, in New England, the, yeah. that, that would exactly the jets were, 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 it was just the, they were literally the, the doormat of the league. Yeah. Jets had like three years. They were good. So it was like a free ticket, you know, every year to the playoffs, you know? And, and so that, that helps, you know, is, is obviously you still got to show up. You still got to win the, w- yeah. when it counts, you know, not taking that from him, but again, all the breaks, man, it just like, that's, that's Brady. And, and, and I think there's another break happening. Um, and we can get to that in a bit, but, uh, Kevin, did you have any thoughts regarding the, the, the Bradester? I did. I'm so happy, Tom Brady. Finally, after 23 seasons, right? We've kind of waited for this. Obviously, spectacular career. Um, you know, seven-time Super Bowl champ, five-time Super Bowl MVP, three three-time league MVP. Awesome. I mean, his statistics alone. You know, like much like Chris saying, pretty amazing stuff. However, right? I mean, football fans, like you either love or hate this guy because you know, kind of what he did to the product, kind of what he did to the sport. So, thank you so much, Tom, for your years and obviously, you know raising the bar for other younger quarterbacks to follow your footsteps in order to achieve kind of what you've done. And also, um, hopefully they've had a prolonged career such as you. I mean, I, I, the only thing I can say is, is, you know, congratulations, Tom, but also thank you so much for announcing this before the damn Super Bowl and not taking anyone's glory after the Super Bowl win, kind of like what you did last year against the Rams. Yeah. As soon as the Rams won, then you make this, you know, whole announcement yeah. and it pretty much just <laughs> wiped away all the glory from the Rams. And I kind of despise you for that. I didn't really, I thought that was corny and I thought that was very yeah. bad timing. And then you go ahead and announce that you're returning right before the season. And so it was, it was all, you know, all for, you know, much but much 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 to do about nothing and then so anyway hopefully they didn't you don't do that pull that crap again hopefully you're really gone for good and honestly people in the long run would respect that and uh you know obviously everyone has really good things to say about you you did kind of tweak the game a little bit especially in the longer years or in the later years where you know favored you in the long in the in the long run um and i don't really respect you for that, but awesome career, and I'm glad you just finally announced that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we can't really hold it against him for the league bending him over backwards in order to keep an older yeah. Tom Brady relevant uh, and and uh, absolve him from the physical play of football by you know all the, the Brady rules that were intended to specifically protect the quarterback and I think really the aging quarterback because yeah. it had its star. It had its uh, uh, face in Tom Brady. It had its story uh, with him pursuing multiple uh, Super Bowl championships. And so they were rolling, they were running that wave and riding that wave and uh, doing anything and everything they could 
in their power to protect that product, to protect him. Um, and and I I, I think it, you know ultimately it it, it was uh, it was not a positive for uh, the product and 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 for the NFL as a whole. Um, you know if if they retained the way that the game, the pace, the physicality of the game. Uh, if they retained that and stayed true with their product, I mean, I don't think Brady would have lasted until, you know, being 45 years old. I think he would have retired several years ago. I don't know that he would have gotten seven uh, Super Bowls, but uh, ultimately we would still be sitting here with a with a better product. Now, you know, of course, player safety is something that uh, you could look at the flip side of that coin and go, this is this is a positive. This is moving forward. He he and his presence um, help spur uh, these these uh, changes and rules and 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 uh, you know ultimately leading to all quarterbacks being protected and and of course you you, yeah. you may have a point there um, but uh, nonetheless there's there's uh, two sides to each coin and the positives and negatives um, for both for sure uh, but uh, yeah it really did all start with the tuck rule didn't it like that spurred yep. Brady's career because that if, was if that never happened if he fumbled and they they didn't uh, move on past the uh, uh, Oakland Raiders at the time. I don't know. I don't know if we would have seen a Brady. Uh, I don't know if Belichick would be starting Tom Brady the following season because um, he mm -hmm. would have been, you know, would have had that scar of uh, uh, losing in the postseason. Um, and so then, therefore, who knows if we would have even known who Tom Brady was. You know, it's yep. amazing how something, how sensitive uh, life can be. Uh, and he was definitely almost destined seemingly to for the path yeah. that he's on i mean again uh some guys uh have all the luck right and and uh, yep. uh some guys have all the tuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I, I do believe he he did finally uh uh admit to to the tuck rule uh if maybe it was a freudian slip but uh he he, he did uh, uh at least acknowledge that it may be a fumble doesn't right. take much pressure to knock it out at that point go ahead fumble or in this case, tuck <laughs> rule. <laughs> so there he, he let his slip when uh, him and uh, uh, Woodson yeah. got together. Woodson, right? Because he knows, he know, yeah, Charles yeah, Woodson, Charles. he knows it was a damn fumble. Yeah, of course he Everybody does. knew it. And I verbatim remember the, his post-game interview and him sitting there, you know, just lying through his teeth saying, oh, no, it was, you know, I was, I was coming down with the ball. I was tucking the ball. I was, and, guys, uh, I was tucking the ball, guys. So, but yeah, from the, uh, the NFL's perspective with like protecting the quarterback, you know, they saw in the late nineties, they saw Aikman, they saw Montana, they saw Elway, they saw all these big name quarterbacks basically have to retire right they probably could have played another four or five years if they weren't just getting pummeled and getting oh concussions yeah montana beat like, down. would get a concussion a game in kansas yeah, city so when he was at the chiefs I, you know <laughs> i think the the league was like man all of our like big name yeah. guys like they kind of like we would like to keep him around longer and then you got brady go down with that acl where he was out for a season i think they're like all right enough is enough we gotta we gotta and it's a business guys. And it's yeah. a television show, and that's what we lose sight of. And and the, so, of course, they're going to protect their product as no. much as possible. But uh, they just can't take it so far where you can't breathe on them. Yeah, exactly. There has to be a balance, right? Just like anything, there has to be a balance. So this said, you know, 
what are your thoughts? Because I have to, will he actually walk away? I have to admit my knee jerk reaction was, yeah, third time's a charm. We're going to be hearing this. The reason why he's keeping it short and sweet, guys, I I gave my long goodbye last year. So you're only owed one. Yeah, right. It's like, I feel like two things. Let's back up. I I think that he probably may have considered retiring, you know, uh, come towards the tail end of his, you know, season here in Tampa Bay. It wasn't a great season. His arm didn't seem to have like the, the the energy and the juice that it has in the past. Chris, you were saying, mentioning family life, the stress of that, uh, all, all that was going down. I, I think for him, retiring is is just kind of a way to just like get some space. You know, I think that maybe he found that out last year where it's like, oh, if I retire, you know, people might leave me alone a bit. Um, and so, uh, I, I feel like that's what's happening here where it's like, I'm just going to retire. I'm going to get that out there and then I'm going to reassess. But, but point is, is that, uh, I mean, what else does he have to prove? What else does he have to do on yeah, his bucket list nothing. other than maybe go play in San Francisco? And I think that that possibility was completely off the table when Brock Purdy was rolling and winning in the yeah. playoffs and in, in the tail end of that season, like San Francisco very clearly had their, their next starting quarterback. They have the next chapter in San Francisco. They still do. But with the injury sustained Brock Purdy uh, sustained in, in, in the NFC conference championship game, I mean, he, he's got a torn UCL. And from what I understand, he's considering Tommy John surgery and we have Brock Purdy torn UCL, uh, it'll, it's going to sideline him for at least six months, right? Yeah. It, considering Tommy John surgery, he's shopping the the option around, making the decision. So, I pardon my ignorance with Tommy John surgery. I don't know if that makes it even longer for recovery, shorter, what have you. Doesn't I, matter. Your product, your future is Purdy. So mm-hmm. you want him to take as much time as he needs, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, he suffered a broken foot in December and is is now a free agent. Garoppolo's gone. He's gone. And then Trey Lance fractured his fibula and had ligament damage that required two surgeries on his ankle. I don't think he got a lot of confidence in Trey Lance. Sure. You're probably shopping him around too. Maybe you're talking with him and hoping that he could be a backup quarterback. My point is, is that what is to lose? Kyle Shanahan, you know, could get Tom Brady for a deal. You know, Tom Brady bucket list style would like to go home home play at an already stacked team that has a very good offensive line a fantastic defensive line or defense excuse me many options on the off offense side you've got you know I mean, come on you've got Debo Samuel you've you, you've got uh, um why am I breaking out on a McCaffrey yeah. You got Kittle. Yeah. You have uh, uh, the, the the other wide receiver. Um, it doesn't matter, but, yeah. uh, but you know what I'm saying. He, the, you've got tons. Yeah, got they've got tons of weapons. Fantastic coaching, Kyle Shanahan. Point is, is that then what you're doing is you're saying, okay, Brock Purdy, you're our guy, right? We need you to heal. We need you to heal more than you would heal. And guess what? You get to also sit under the shadow of the best, the GOAT, Tom Brady, until he starts to maybe peter out about midseason. 
Now, I don't yep. know if he would be open to this. He probably wouldn't. But then you could start bringing Purdy in or you just roll with Tom throughout the rest of the season. Tom rides off in the sunset now with eight Super Bowls, you know, in theory, uh, you know, and and and, yeah. and or at least retires with with the birthday party in the sandbox uh, of, right. of saying, you know, I, I got to ride the donkey in San Francisco and everybody, you know, looked at me and, and talked about how great I was. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. This is what I see on the tape. I don't see him, you know, coming back and going, re returning to, or going to Miami. I, you know, playing for right. the Dolphins. I, frankly, I don't think his arm can keep up with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Right. I don't see it. You know, I, I don't see him going to Vegas, you know, and trying to throw in with that franchise and all its, you know, front office issues and then drama between, you know, uh, just just having to deal with the, the, the wake of Derek Carr and, and trying to improve, you know, that franchise. I, I don't see that happening, but the only thing I, I, I see as a possibility for him to return is his com him coming into the already tailor-made you know, San Francisco 49ers and, uh, you know, walking on uh, as the savior, because what the storyline will be is that Brock Purdy's arm is taking longer than expected to heal. Right. And we're bringing in Tom Brady. Tom Brady's coming in for this exciting opportunity to work with this new, you know, uh, 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 young quarterback who has a bright future, take him under his wing, uh, you know, uh, uh, buy him some time, uh, spend some time to, you know, potentially, you know, to ride into the sunset, right? Like make it all right. Kind of thing. I don't know. To, uh, what's your thoughts? What's your reaction to, to, uh, all that I've thrown at you guys in regards to the, the possible next step, or is there a next step for Tom Brady? Well, it's a definitely an intriguing proposition. Um, I think that the 49ers, uh, yeah, the, the arm injury is, is definitely uh, an X factor because, yeah, there's no doors open without that arm injury. And if, especially if he does decide to go Tommy John, yeah, I mean, it would be the perfect scenario where you have Brady come in, mentor the guy. He can do, a, you know, two thirds of the season or, hey, if you're kicking butt, you know, just keep him in there and, you know, he can ride off to the sunset and then you come back with Purdy. Trey Lance is going to be like, what are you going to do with him? Are you going to trade him? I mean, you gave up a lot for him. I think they're probably going to end up just wanting to go with him just to see one more time what they got because then they can always fall back to Purdy and kind of do the same type of a scenario where if Lance is falling off, you come in with Purdy, he's just a stopgap. But if Lance ends up being a stud, then, I mean, you got two great quarterbacks and, I mean, you can't have too much of a good thing. That's a good problem to have. So I don't... I don't know how much they're really going to want to go after Brady. Um, I think it'd be something that's worth considering. If the 49ers wanted to go that route, what I would do is I wouldn't even go to Brady first. I would go to Gronk. I'll go to Gronkowski first and say, hey, would you be willing to come for one more year? Give it one more go. We'll get Brady one more time. And uh, yeah, that would be a, a monster of a team with both those tight ends and all those other offensive weapons. I... If I just had to bet right now, I think he's actually done. I think he's finally done. I don't think anything's going to bring Brady back. But if you came at him with that scenario and you had Gronk out there as well saying, hey, man, let's give it one more go up in the Bay with all these weapons, with that defense, 
uh, I think the competitive nature in Brady would would might take over one more time, and and he would he would do it. Um, but the last I, barring that, yeah, barring that, I I don't see him coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's a valid point. Honestly, I don't see any of that at all. I don't see him going to San Francisco. But I mean, with if if they wanted to select Gronkowski and bring him out of the uh, commenting booth, you know, and maybe you know put it on some squad that might be the only incentive that Tom Brady would uh you know it would go after but at this moment I mean did did we watch I mean last year I mean he he wasn't he put up a lot of throws and he missed a lot of throws and he has a lot of yardage in you know in the league I think he was third or fourth at, at one time and he was you know so he he had a but he he wasn't the same Tom Brady and I think everyone knows this he had a limp noodle of an arm especially towards the end of the season postseason he was he just looked terrible, and I think this is it for him. I hope it is it for him. And I did notice that, you know, in his farewell speech, he didn't really ever thank his coaches that surrounded him. So <laughs> I don't know, Tom. I think you're out. I want to change a thing. I will, I will say, though, if Brady, <laughs> if you're going to listen to this and you are going to consider a comeback and, and you're hearing the detractors with your noodle arm, and I was one of them, you did throw the ball an awful lot. You had no running game. Yeah. That's not a problem in San Francisco. You're going to be throwing the ball maybe half as much as you were. Guys are going to be running way more wide open because they do have to respect the run. You are doing some play action. you got great weapons. So I don't think his arm would be as much of an issue in Frisco as it would as it was this past year because everyone knew they were throwing. So they're just playing coverage. They're blanketing Evans and Godwin. They got no tight end. He's he's got none of those slot receivers anymore with Antonio Brown or Welko or Adderman or any of those guys. So I think he he actually would still be really good in Frisco. But barring that, I, I don't especially with Sean Payton going to the the uh, Broncos. Um, he's not like going to team up with Peyton, you know, somewhere like he was planning on last year. So that's out the window. So I think he saw basically all the doors shut and was like. Like you said, he's not going to want to go to the Raiders and deal with that joke of a franchise. So there's really nowhere else. For, and, and it's kind of beneath him at this point anyway, because really he has nothing left to prove. So I think, yeah, that only scenario that would be out there would be the 49ers if they said, hey, come give it one more year, be be the mentor, and uh, we'll bring Gronk along. <laughs> It'd take a lot of convincing and probably a lot of money. But uh, if they want to go all in to win... Uh, I would I would consider that thousand forty niners, but I think they're going to go with Trey Lance and just see what they got. Yeah, no, it's, it, you make great points, but like as far as I'm concerned, like it, that, that that's the only scenario that he does come back, right? Because it is that bucket list. He grew up in the area. He grew yeah. up a forty niners fan. Right. Like so, this would be. I mean, come on, could you imagine? Put yourself in those shoes where it's like you're yeah. the goat. You could you have the opportunity to come into a tailor-made team that it's so true, Chris. Yep. Like in Tampa Bay, they had a terrible running game. I mean, uh, Fournette looked like five net out there, and it, it was just was not working, right? And he had to throw the ball ad nauseum. And and and, and being yep. 45 years old, you know, and throwing as much as he threw, that takes its toll. That would not be the yep. situation in San Francisco for sure. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, I think as now, like, you know, retirement makes sense, but then if 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 he was to be brought back it would be because we don't know the situation with Trey Lance you know like it, sure. it would be as that you know the 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 guy to buy time for Purdy or the yeah. opportunity for Purdy to learn Mr. Irrelevant to drafted 262 right like to to learn under the best for a year 
Like, I don't know, man. And, and if you have a Tom Brady who then is interested in playing at a franchise that he's, you know, been a fan of and fantasized about being a part of, he might take it for a lot less money than he normally would, you sure. know? And then, and then, you know, I, I think that all of us would potentially agree that they definitely have a shot to make the playoffs again and, and, and that the NFC West oh, is yeah. not as strong as it was. Um, right. and, and so it is... I'm not going to say it's a, it's just a pretty easy division, you know, um, all, all that said, you know, it's, 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 it has, it's, I, I don't think it's as weak as where he was in the NFC South. No, but it's not, you know, the East, you know, either. And, and so, um, I, I think that if, if there was any possibility of him coming back, it would be to the San Francisco 49ers under the, the situations that we've provided and talked about, uh, and you know, it would be just like Brady to do so and announce. So, you know, uh, uh I guess sometime in what, uh, June, July. Um, and yeah, like I said, training it'll camp. totally be under the, uh, under the storyline of Purdy's arm isn't there. Trey Lance's ankle isn't there. Yep. Um, and, uh, we're, we're, we're going to turn to the braidster, uh, as our as our great white hope, <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. So uh, as we continue to talk uh, quarterbacks, there's another quarterback across the aisle that everybody's curious about where he's going to end up. And of course, I'm referring to old discount double check Aaron Rodgers. We're going to discuss that, but first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment give us a five-star review and tell your friends about the show you can also follow us on twitter at sideline agenda sideline the agenda get off the sideline and into the game all right aaron Rodgers was admittedly unsure of his nfl future after the packers 2022 season ended rogers later emphasized that he'd be open to playing elsewhere if the right opportunity arose it's hard to imagine that he's going to retire and walk away and surrender $110 million in guaranteed money, after Adam Schefter said on SportsCenter. Rodgers is just one year removed from signing a three-year $150 million extension with the Packers. He also went out of his way in his post uh, first post uh, week 18 remarks to highlight Green Bay as his preferred NFL home. Should Rodgers and the Packers look to part ways after 18 seasons together, a number of AFC teams would likely make a play. The Raiders, Titans, and Patriots stand out as logical suitors. Las Vegas is set to trade Derek Carr. And uh, last year acquired Rodgers' top target, Devontae Adams. Tennessee should move on from Ryan Tannehill to have any sort of chance. New England is uh, restructuring its offensive staff. And Aaron Rodgers' next move is as highly anticipated, just like, uh, well, what potentially might be in the future for Tom Brady other than retirement. <laughs> but we know that he's made his decision there. Um, one connection regarding Rodgers has been uh, heating up. That uh, is, uh, you know, Green Bay Packers predecessor, Brett Favre. He he, he went to this place. It's the New York Jets. Uh, and, and that seems to be somewhat of a media front runner. Um, and, you know, by the way, I totally forgot that Brett Favre played for the Jets. I, know, I, I mean, just <laughs> forgot until you said it right now. That's right. I, knew, I remember him going, 
going to the Vikings, but I totally forgot about his time in New York. Uh, if the Packers are serious about moving the uh, four-time MVP, expect the Jets to be involved in any trade discussion. The Jets may need to give the Packers at least two first-round draft picks for Rodgers if a trade were to happen. A steep price for a quarterback who could retire now or after the 2023 season. Uh, New York uh, could also take a cap hit of 15.8 million in 2023 and 32.5 million in 2024 if they acquire him and his contract does not get restructured again. The New York Jets hired former Denver Broncos coach Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator, a move that adds to the already intense speculation about Aaron Rodgers' potential trade. Hackett, of course, uh, developed a good relationship with Rodgers while serving as the Green Bay Packers coordinator in 2019 to 2021. Could an Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams reunion happen in Las Vegas, though? I mean, that's another possibility. And, uh, you know, uh, Devontae, he hinted to fans uh, during a Q&A on Twitter he asked uh, or was asked uh, which neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers moving to Adams responded with a short answer that was straightened to the point, And he said, mine. So uh, what do you guys think? Um, do you think first and foremost, green Bay uh, should look to trade Aaron Rodgers? And if so, uh, where do you think Aaron Rodgers might end up? Uh, it's uh, that's another intriguing thing as well. I mean, I, I would expect him to stay with the Packers I mean, who's going to turn down that much money to play football? Um, if I'm Rodgers, I think the only place I would want to go would be uh, probably to the Raiders. He actually kind of looks looks good in that uniform to me, especially with him kind of embracing the whole villain role that he's been labeled as, and he's been kind of coming out against you know how the woke culture is just they just want to be outraged all the time and, and angry all the time. So he, he's happy to be that guy if they just want to be angry at him because you know he didn't go along with the whole COVID narrative. Yeah, but the and Raiders the whole vaccine, are nothing but woke now. <laughs> yeah, well that's true. Yeah, that stigma is still out there, even though we all know it's not true anymore. But I mean, to go team back up with Devontae Adams and uh, they had the best running back in the league last year. And uh, their defense wasn't very good, but you got the weapons. So, I mean, that would that would be a good place. The Jets, I mean, are they going to give up that many picks for a quarterback you might have for a year or two in a tough division already? I think the Patriots were definitely not want them. They uh, were trying to get rid of Brady when Brady still had some good years left because they didn't want an old quarterback anymore. So... Uh, I think it's kind of it's going to be the Packers, the Packers or the the Raiders. Tennessee would be, you know, th that might be a good spot as well. But I mean, how much longer does I mean? I guess Rodgers wouldn't care about that because Rodgers doesn't have very much longer anyway. But I was gonna say, how much longer does you know Derrick Henry have to where right. he's still going to be a dominating running back? And since they shipped out AJ Brown last year, they were definitely lacking at receivers. So is that a place you really want to go to? I'm thinking it's it's either Packers or Raiders. I would expect him to stay with the Packers. Unless he he actually requests a trade, I don't think the Packers are going to ship him out. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he already kind of came out and said he's uh, San Fran is a no-go, right? So, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I think these are narrowing it down to, you know, the teams that are pretty much primarily in play to grab Aaron Rodgers, and that is, you know, Las Vegas Raiders and, you know, the, potentially the Jets. Um I, that's kind of where I see him going to. I don't really see him, you know, making many moves. I mean, maybe he will signed with Green Bay. I don't know. You know, we don't know how happy he is there. Maybe he's looking 
or making a push for, you know, different kind of coaching switching and, you know, who knows at this point. Um, but I, I definitely see those two teams as the front runners for sure. And I think that uh, Tom, Br- I think he, uh, as not like Tom Brady, but Aaron Rodgers, um, I think he's got a couple more years in him. So yeah. I don't think he should be questioning or maybe is debating whether he should go to retirement. But I think he was he was still pretty solid. They start off very, very bad. Um, yeah. And that what kind of hurt him. But actually, they, they came roaring back in the second half of the season and almost damn yep. near made playoffs, which is, I mean, they were a win away, right? And so, um, yeah, I think he's got some years still left in him. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Aaron Rodgers plays it so close to his chest. Yeah, apparently he doesn't even necessarily have a clear understanding what Green Bay is planning on doing. Um, not that they would necessarily bring him into the loop at this point, but uh, you, you think that that would uh, he'd be at least you know somewhat privy to those conversations. Um, yeah, what was I gonna say? Like, uh, <clears throat> yeah, with Aaron Rodgers, like I, to me, it's like uh, Las Vegas makes sense just with the whole Devonte Adams reunion. Uh, and I agree with you, Chris, that, uh, you know, Tennessee, though, def- desperately needs a quarterback. I mean, the Titans just, I mean, they've just been treading water so long with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, they yeah. could have been able to do great things if they had, you know, a, a better quarterback, in, in my opinion, yep. um, and, and would definitely probably be happy to have them. Uh, but, um, you know, you, you got to have the capital in order to make the move for him because uh, right. the Packers aren't going to just give him away. Uh, right. And so, and of course he's got all the money, you know, interest in the world to, to stay in green Bay. Uh, the question is, has green Bay moved on from Aaron Rodgers? And uh, you know, there was signs of that this season. Um, I remember him getting what uh, potentially uh I don't know that he was benched, but uh, didn't they play uh, love for a little bit um, when when uh, yeah. when uh, Rogers was hurt? Um, you know, obviously, kind of trying things out there, um, seeing where they lie. So it's uh, I mean, what I, I don't think Vegas has the ability, especially with the big um, you know uh, weight around their neck uh, as far as Derek Carr and his uh, contract is concerned, uh, and all the money that they're going to owe him. Uh, you know, unless they're able to trade him before that, what, February 15th deadline? <laughs> well, let me let me throw out the the Skip Bayless proposition, yeah. the uh, Dak Prescott for Aaron Rodgers, because their contracts are actually pretty similar. And this is, and I said this last, not last show, but a couple shows ago, where, where Dallas Cowboys made sense to me. Uh, you yeah. had McCarthy. McCarthy got rid of his offensive coordinator. That guy, what, went to, to Las Vegas, uh, excuse me, Los Angeles Chargers, right? Uh, right. And he apparently is going to be the main play caller. Uh, and and so obviously there's a scheme, a familiarity in regards to Rodgers. Yeah. It felt like they're going to be great as a yeah, cowboy. Absolutely. You know, and that's what the Cowboys need to get over the hump. Well, especially after the Cowboys threw Prescott under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty I brutal. Mean, how do you bring him back after that? Well, I mean, I, I think that they're done with them. I think they should be done with them. If they're smart, they would be looking yeah. to get rid of Dak because they've, Dak they've does their ceiling. what Dak does. I mean, Dak has always hit his ceiling, though. This is what's been so frustrating. We've been talking about this ad nauseum forever. Like, yeah. like Dak is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL, practically, almost. 
second to one. Maybe this is another option, actually. <laughs> what can happen is another trade straight up is that uh, Chicago Bears, uh, uh, they trade the most elite quarterback in the NFL, uh, Jason Fields, straight up for Aaron Rodgers. And he just, uh, you know, heads across the way to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a, a, a discount double check in a Chicago Bears uniform, but It'd really be their daddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's but like, I'm your daddy. I'm and your, your daddy and your quarterback. Um, this is my team. I own it, and I own you. Uh, no, but uh, I mean the, the the Dallas Cowboys. It makes sense to me. You know, um, yeah. I, I think that that uh, is is. I mean, I, I it doesn't make sense to me from a Green Bay standpoint unless you're just straight up looking to get rid of Rodgers. You know, uh, right. w- w- what's the upside to to well, what's the upside to any team taking on Dak Prescott and his contract? You know, uh, yeah, it's like it, no teams <laughs> want Derek Carr or Prescott with those huge price tags. And 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 it's funny because I would probably be more uh, apt to take Derek or excuse me, uh, Dak Prescott over Derek Carr. Um, but uh, it's it's they're still both you know the 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 same in the same stadium of mediocre, you know, and inconsistent. Uh, And and that's the big, that's the killer, right? Is, is the, is the huge inconsistency surrounding these individuals. Um, So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, it's, uh, I, I guess the best thing to do for green Bay is to retain them, you know? Yep. So it should be, Interesting to see what they do. All right. Well, real quick, let's move on. Um, we were talking uh, NFL coaching uh, in in uh, the league right now. There seems to be somewhat of a of a of a, of a you know a, a frenzy about teams that need uh, head coaches uh, trying to uh, um, you know get who they can when they can. And uh, I thought it was interesting that Frank Reich he got signed by the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, obviously released uh, earlier last season, uh, mid-season by the Indianapolis Colts. You know, uh, they brought in uh, interim head coach Jeff Saturday. That was a big to-do because Jeff Saturday has n- no prior coaching experience. You know, Frank Reich is so awesome, and it you know pissed off you know Nick Sirianni or whatever is Sirianni because <laughs> you know he's like his brother's second cousin and some you know whatever uh, some nepotism hat. Oh, he was like buddies with his he worked for his dad who was a coach. You know, and now now of course Nick's a coach. You know, like that. That's how it is. It's like it's all about who you know, yeah. right? The Carolina Panthers. Yeah. You know, they hire Frank Reich to be their. Uh, next coach um and uh reich has been uh manning the uh you know indianapolis colts you know and 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 done a you know okay job but seemed to just be you know sporadically going through quarterback to after quarterback after quarterback you know i think he went through like eight quarterbacks in his time there um and the panthers you know they had matt rule they got rid of matt rule after uh, their one in four start uh and carolina they hired steve wilkes uh, who was the defensive coordinator um, uh, to be their interim coach. And uh, he went uh, six and six. We all expected them to uh, just completely tank, right? You know, they had every right. reason to. They shipped off Christian McCaffrey. Um, they, they, they didn't have a very good record at the time, obviously one and four. Um, and, uh, they had every reason to, to just, uh, to, you know, let this one go and, and, and try and get that first draft pick, you know? Uh, but you know, it's, 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 so to me, it's like Steve Wilkes, you know, obviously was able to 
instill something in that squad to get them motivated to to to, to go out and play any given yep. Sunday and actually win games. And like I said, six and six is five hundred. It's not impressive, but it's not terrible, you know. And I, and I know Steve Wilkes doesn't necessarily have the best historic record as head coach. I believe he he, he had coached for Cardinals in like two thousand eighteen, um, but uh, you know, nonetheless, they go with uh, the sixty one year old Reich. Um, and, uh, Reich, apparently, you know, he played for the Panthers at the start of their inaugural 1995 season. And also, uh, guess what? One of Reich's uh, daughters also works in the team's marketing department. So it's like, oh, isn't that so convenient? You know, <laughs> seemingly again, that whole old, the, the, the boys club aspect uh, yeah. of the NFL, it's all about who, you know, uh, not necessarily what, you know, um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, when I read this, I was just like, God, why didn't they just keep Steve Wilkes? Like to, to me, it just, you know, it, it, like, like you talk about giving a guy an opportunity, you know, his due, he stuck it out. He, 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 right. he, he almost brought the team to the playoffs. You know, there, there, there was something potentially there, but again, it's, you know, it's, it's it just seems to be like, uh, you know, the old, the boys club of, of, uh, of head coaching. We talked about this, you know, a while ago when it was, you know, we were talking about nepotism in the league, but uh, just again, like how these guys are part of each other's systems and then they go, you know, uh, to this squad or that squad, they get passed around, but it's like, again, it's, it's just kind of the same faces, you know? And it's just like, God, how does a guy, you know, actually climb through the ranks and, and get at the uh, get get the head coaching job. You know, you think that uh, Carolina would be interested more in a Steve Wilkes than a Frank Reich, but uh, apparently not. I mean, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> did you have any thoughts in regards to Frank Reich? Uh, I mean, you know why? You know why the Carolina Panthers head coach didn't get the job. I mean, you know why, right? Because I mean, <laughs> he's black. Because he's, he's black. It's it's racism. No, it kind of reminds me of uh, like our pharmaceutical industry or our our government and our financial industry. How uh, you get people on these uh, government positions, and then they go into like the the director or like head of the. The, the main bank or like the federal reserve or whatnot. And then they'll sit on that chair for a while and then they'll go right back into the government or then they'll go into another bank. It's just it's same thing with the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. They'll be like on the board of Pfizer and then they'll go into the government. And no, some, they're in the government some, doing the oversight <laughs> yeah. of Pfizer yeah. and they doing don't the do anything to Pfizer. And then yeah. next thing you then know, they're, they're on the board. They're an executive at Pfizer. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a revolving door. It, it, it's same thing with these NFL head coaches. Yeah, like you said, it's who you know. And uh, it's 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 a club, um, but the the whole racism aspect, I don't think that's got anything to do with it. It's just no, it's, it's and who I you don't know either. the history yeah, with exactly. the club because we just saw you know D'Amico Ryan's got hired at the Texans because you know one he was doing a great job as defensive coordinator, which I mean you could argue if that's the, just the team because uh, that team has a damn good defense, but. Uh, you know, he just got hired on, but because he had a history with the Texans as well, he was a player there. He was like an All-Pro player. He spent, I think, it was six or seven years there. So, you, you got familiarity, and and you're gonna get hired. But yeah, but uh, what, like what about said, the, te- the, other- the Texans though? Like just just for what it is, you know. Uh, they, uh, the Texans, uh, have become the first team in NFL history who have hired three consecutive black coaches in a row. So it's like, you know, <laughs> are, are these, are these coaches, uh, I mean, like when you hire, uh, three in a row, it, it seems that you are doing, 
you, you, you know, this strictly for some kind of virtue signal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, not, uh, in all respects. That also means the, you fired to too. But that's what I'm saying. Like, in this case, like, <laughs> w- what good are you actually accomplishing if you just dump the head coach mid-contract, mid-season, right. like they did, or, or at the very end of the season, like they did with Lovey Smith, you know? And it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, are, are you setting an individual up to to fail? Like, you know, Demeco Ryan, like, he had a great season as far as the defensive coordinator for the 49ers are concerned. I mean, of course, you know, I'm going to say that, you know, he had something to do with the success of that defense, but you know, now he's going down to the Texans with a six year gig, you know, six years, you know? So I don't know. I mean, it's good. I hope he does well, I, you know, but then it's like, God, you, you, you know, that's, Oh, we're the first team in NFL history to hire three black coaches in a row. Okay. But you haven't won. You know, not saying that you haven't won because you don't have black coaches or you've had black coaches. I'm saying, you know, maybe you're prioritizing the wrong things. I will say Carolina Panthers blew it with this one, guys. Why would they grab Frank Reich? Like, honestly, guys, this is kind of a rerun of what the damn Colts went through. We were predicting the <laughs> yep. damn Indiana Col- uh, Indianapolis Colts to go through, you know, to the playoffs, and they were, oh, they're looking good. They got a strong yeah. offense and even a strong defense, and he just shot the bed. They were terrible, and now the Panthers were one win away, or excuse me, one loss away if Tampa Bay lost um, the last game. Um they were one loss away from actually getting into playoffs. I don't know. I think I would have probably hung out with uh, with with Wilkes or whatever, and and see what he could do there with the. You know, maybe he could you know turn this thing around because when the seemingly when they got uh, you know Sam, um, what's his face, you know quarterback, uh, you know that's uh, that's Sam when Darnold, you start yeah. seeing the. Yeah, Sam Darnold, that's when you start seeing the changes, right? Even without McCaffrey, and they're dealing with all these injuries. You know, they're dealing with quarterback question marks, you know. Sam Wilson so, had him winning. Yeah, yep. had him winning. I, this is a huge mistake for I the agree. Panthers. And they're leaving. This division is wide open now, especially yep. now that Tom Brady retired. They should get this division. Now's their time. You don't hire Frank Reich who knows how to spoil a team and knows how to lose. No, you stick it out. You know, whatever he was doing out there towards the end of that season, hey, that was working for him. And they were actually a pretty tough team towards the end of the season. Um, I'm kind of surprised with this pick, if I must be honest, guys. And I think that uh, Carolina Panthers, I mean, I think you blew it with this one. And I'm kind of disappointed because I really was in favor of those black and blue you know, uniforms. And I want to see you guys (laughs) (laughs) put on those uniforms. But here's the thing. This is is what I'm saying is that that, that, that in my opinion, I agree with you, Kevin. Like, I think they should have rolled with Steve Wilkes. I think he he proved that he was willing to fight. And and when all the chips were down and and, and, and intense, Hank was on the on on everybody's lips. He said, "Hell no!" Nah. He motivated his team to get out there and at least break 500, almost make the playoffs. Steve Wilkes should have gotten that job, in my opinion. Yeah, right. Instead, they go out and hire freaking fr- uh, 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 Frank, Reich, Frank Reich. You know, to, to <laughs> what? To what? To, uh, because he has a history finding the right quarterback for the squad, Mister. You know, eight <laughs> freaking quarterbacks that he went through at his time in Indianapolis. No, because he knows people. He was their quarterback, you know, when they within their inaugural year. His daughter works for the marketing department. This has everything to do about who you know, the old boys club. And then when yeah. you do this shit, it can then contributes to that narrative that yeah. they're racist against black coaches. 
That's the problem. Right. And it's like it has nothing to do. It should have everything to do with with your proven track record, you know, and, and, and again, like so. So that's that's the stuff that just pisses me off when, when I see these kind of things happen, because it's like I see it. You know what I mean? Like. I, yep. I don't agree with the conclusion, but I right. agree with the with the with the frustration that leads to somebody coming to that uh, 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 conclusion of that it's, it's because it's you know the league is racist and they're just they don't want Steve Wilkes because he's black you know and it's like but, but, but they, this is just because it's a boys club man and and, and yeah. yes there's that element there but it's all about who you know and if who you know is a bunch of other white guys then well guess who gets excluded. Yeah, I mean, what a stark contrast. You got one guy gets fired halfway through the season because obviously they suck and they're not living up to to par. Like like you said, Kevin, a lot of our, if you go back to our early episodes from the beginning of the season last year, I think Scott and I both picked Indianapolis to win that division. Yeah. Uh, so what a letdown. He gets fired halfway through the season. And then the other guy gets named interim head coach halfway through the season because their head coach got fired. And he actually does a pretty darn good job. You know, they shipped out all their best players and they were on like quarterbacks you had never heard of before. And they were tough. I mean, I even remember when the Rams played them, the Rams won that game, but they made it a game. Yeah, man. They, they took physical. them down to the end. Like they were, yeah, they, they were out there playing hard. So yeah, this, this, uh, the Wilkes definitely deserved at least another season. I think so. Well, and also to another head coach, another white guy, <laughs> <laughs> the Denver Broncos agreed to a, trade with the New Orleans Saints to make Sean Payton the 19th head coach in franchise history. The Saints will receive the Broncos 2023 first round pick and 2024 second round pick for Payton and the Saints 2024 third round selection. The Broncos are also expected to make Payton one of the highest paid head coaches in the league. So um, paying what they have already paid Russell Wilson is paying Sean Payton to fix the issue uh, worth the investment in mile high for, for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's the best coach that's out there available. Got a great track record, especially with quarterbacks. I mean, but you can only afford two two people now. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, those owners aren't. Russell Wilson is all you can pay. (laughs) That's all you get. (laughs) Peyton, you're taking the defense. Wilson, you got the offense. Actually, flip it around. Peyton, you got the offense. Wilson, you got the defense. Let's ride. Let's ride. I mean, (laughs) those owners aren't hurt for money. So, I mean, I guess they're going to find a way somehow. Uh, but I mean, I think this is a great get for them. If anyone's going to fix it, it's going to be him. Uh, I think he's got to figure out who's going to be the rest on of his coaching staff. I think he's got to keep that defensive coordinator because their defense was great. Uh, if they can get any kind of offensive production going on, like we were talking about earlier in the season, I think it was, I think it was ten games into the season. If they just scored more than like it was eighteen points a game, they would have been nine and one. So I mean, don't be surprised if the the Broncos actually come out and, and are really good next year, but we'll, we'll see what else uh, happens personnel wise. Uh, but I think it's a great move. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of curious. How does that work though? Like I, I thought Peyton was a free agent. I mean, I don't know, maybe he still had some years left on his deal with the saints Yeah, because they're giving up a first round and a second round pick for him. That's kind of weird as a coach. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's, he still had years left on his saints deal, so then why did the Saints let him go would, would be my other question, but that's not really important. 
But I, I yeah, definitely a good pickup for the uh, Broncos. I mean, even if I don't know how long the contract is for, um, but even if it's just to get through the Wilson era. And once your contract expires with Wilson, then you can move forward and keep Peyton on from then, and you can kind of start all start anew. Um, but with that being said, I mean, I think with the great defense they got, if they can just get any kind of production offensively, they're going to be a, a tough team for sure. Yeah, so apparently Sean Payton has already recognized, you know, Russell Wilson as far as what he can do and what he can fix with Russian, Russell Wilson and implement an offense, you know, that's going to be better off surrounding him. So it's a huge pickup for the Denver Broncos. If you're a Broncos fan, this is kind of a sigh of relief, and it's kind of something that you're kind of waiting for. You expected a, a huge season out of Russell you know, this year since you did have all the young players, you had all the hot shots in the right positions, and a strong defense. And now, uh, potentially, you could put all the blame on Hackey. You could put all uh, – what's his face? Um, uh, you could put all the blame on the coaching – yeah, and now you got a good coach. So yeah. now Russell's got to come out and play, and obviously make you know make that investment as far as you know that return on the investment, like you guys like say. And so you know now's your year to break through, and uh, this is going to be a obviously it's it's going to continue to be a very tough division. Um, but if you're a Broncos fan, this is what you've been waiting for. So you know I'd be excited for sure. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, Sean Payton, you know, his his, his reputation precedes him, um, and definitely will be a uh, added bonus uh, up there in Denver if he can figure it out. You know. Yeah, I do got to say. I mean, he's coming from the dome system, that high flying yeah. spread offense type thing. That's, I mean, I mean, Payton kind of a different Payton. Peyton Manning, I guess you could say, kind of ran that successfully in Denver. So, you know, this is a mile high. They play on grass. They got cold weather. They got elements. Is that Sean Payton, New Orleans-style offense really going to work as well in Denver? I mean, that will be interesting, especially because you got Russell Wilson. You don't got Drew Brees. Exactly. So, we'll, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, you know, Payton's, I think he's got some some stuff to prove as well. Um, but with that being said, I think they'll they'll get the best shot this way. And he's the best available coach out there. So we'll see what happens. And then uh, meanwhile, apparently they can't find anybody to uh, coach uh, in Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Is it because, uh, you know, they don't like doing homework too? (laughs) They don't want to do homework with Kyler Murray? (laughs) Well, Kyler Murray's got a torn ACL, so who knows what he's going to be doing when he comes back. But... I think that uh, you might have your front runner from you know Brian Callahan, you know the guy that's the offensive coordinator from the you know Cincinnati Bengals, you know that guy that's always clapping his buddy every time they win a damn uh, get a touchdown um, in the booths, you know <laughs> that guy. Um, they might they might you know see if, if he's a good fit over there, but uh, who who knows? They they even there might be even um, interviewing the uh, oh you know Raheem from uh, the defensive oh, coach from the take from the Rams. Raheem Morris, perfect, please take man. him from your mouth to God's lips, or from your lips to God's mouth. What? <laughs> <laughs> from your mouth to God's ears. Oh my God. You're getting all freaky with God the way I was misspeaking there. Yeah, no kidding. It would be great to, if uh, somebody would uh, take him from the Rams. Um, and then, of course, uh, Eric B. Enemy, of course, uh, making his uh, annual tour. Uh, and we, we mentioned that he had uh, interviewed with a handful <laughs> of teams. Tour. The B. Enemy tour, exactly. Um, so, does, I mean, I, I, the talk right now is that the commanders are interested, uh, but not for head coach, uh, for uh, offensive coordinator. So, 
uh, they, they were they were projecting a bidding war for B enemy. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens there. I, my my sense is Andy Reid wouldn't necessarily mind that uh, if if that was to happen. No. Arizona's available. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, that would Bien-Ami. be the dream matchup. Can you imagine Murray and Bienemy? Those guys would just be arguing and jawing after every yeah, play. Those guys would get nothing oh, done. <laughs> those guys would just get nothing done. Just be an overrated sloth of a bunch of crap. But the Indiana Colts, are in, they're in trouble too. You know, they're in hot water. They have to find somebody at least somewhat decent. And honestly, guys, if it was me, if I was, again, I'm not a coach, but I'm an outsider fans, uh, you know, football fan. If I was, you know, Indiana Colts, I'd really consider um, that Giants defensive coordinator. Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Wink Martindale, I believe it is. Um, yeah. Dude, that guy's—he's good, and he turned yeah. that defense around for the Giants. And I don't know—I'd I'd maybe turn around and you know put my eyes on him, see if he can you know turn around the the Indiana Colts, uh, Indianapolis Colts. I mean, I, th- I think that'd be a good pickup. Mike Kafka? Is that who you're thinking of? Uh, uh, I think it's Wink. Wink. Yeah, something? I think Wink Martindale. I mm. Believe it is. Giants defensive coordinator. Yeah. Oh, oh defensive uh, coordinator. Yeah. All right. I was looking at Yeah, they did a good job. Did a great job this year. Yeah, well, you know, a uh, lot of positions open uh, still. Uh, so be enemy, uh, you know, concentrate on the Super Bowl first, bud. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna need to be be uh getting in the lab. Remember that whole uh, bit they're doing like with that Monday night football game? Uh be enemy in the lab. You gotta get in the lab, bud. Get that white coat <laughs> Put on. Put on your white coat. Exactly. Yeah. Your goggles, some Bunsen burners <laughs> and uh, cook you up some plays because you're gonna need them uh in Arizona against yeah. Philadelphia. Looking forward to that for sure. Um oh, yeah. yeah, well that's gonna do it for us. Let's 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 put a bow on this one right you know and uh we'll 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 get at it again next week thank you guys for listening to the show so much uh please subscribe to our show on apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment give us a five-star review and tell your friends about the show uh you can also follow us on twitter at sideline agenda my name is scott that's kevin and that's chris and this has been sideline the agenda get off the sideline and into the game we'll see you guys next time